Hello, friends, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. My name is Jennifer Iverson. I am the leader content strategist here at Mops International and the host for today's episode. Today, we are going to tackle the topic of collaboration. And joining me today is someone that has worked with many individuals and has some excellent tips on how to collaborate with our leadership teams. Please welcome Kelly Jordan. Kelly, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am the Leadership Development Manager at MOPS and I've been involved in MOPS since 1993. So that's a lot of different teams that we've worked on. So, you know, Kelly has worked with many moms at MOPS for years and she's led our volunteer team and she's worked alongside our executive staff and in her day-to-day she works alongside her church leadership so i think kelly you've got a lot of collaboration experience i work alongside you as well you do and a mom to three and grandma to two beautiful girls i just think you're gonna have a lot of knowledge on this topic and i'm excited to chat about it so Can you start by explaining exactly what is collaboration and why it's so important to a team? Well, the actual definition of collaboration is the action of working with someone to produce or create something. So the action of working with someone, and that's part of the definition, is working with someone to create something. And I think that successful collaboration includes several things. First, a willingness to find solutions to problems. Second, Mm -hmm. recognizing other people's strengths and weaknesses. Third is taking responsibilities, responsibility for your own contributions, and then actively listening to other team members' concerns. So I think that's what successful collaboration includes. And I think that things that are necessary for good collaboration are things like a positive collaborative mindset, good communication, trust. I think when you collaborate on something, you work alongside other people to explore ideas and discover new solutions and explore unique thought processes. Because even though we might be working on the same thing, you and I have different unique thought process. So we get to the end result in different ways. And so the end goal of collaboration is to accomplish something as a team, whether it's completing a project or solving a problem or planning together to create this great group experience for moms like we do in moms. So collaboration is a simple concept, but it isn't just this single event. It needs to be a consistent part of a team's culture. So um, it's not just like the group projects we had to do in school. I mean, I think I probably have a little bit of uh, residual. Oh, <laughs> after oh who so- among us doesn't have probably a great example in their mind of a collaboration on a group project that just went wrong? Just so I think we wrong. all know what bad collaboration looks like. Right. Okay. So what we're talking about really and how you describe that, it really sounds like we're talking about like almost like a life skill, like how to collaborate with other people. And so I feel like we need a good foundation. Are there some basic 
principles? I, I know you mentioned a couple of things in the definition of it, but are there some principles of good collaboration that we can kind of all start with that same foundation? Right, yes, there are. And I think that we collaborate in all kinds of ways. If you are married, or even if you're not, but you're co-parenting with somebody, you have to collaborate to make decisions to reach whatever end goal you have. You collaborate with a spouse and with friends and with whoever you're working on a project with. But the basic principles are the same, whether you're working in an organization or you're working on a team or you're just working with the people that live in your house. But the basic principles, I think, of good collaboration are communication, which includes great listening and giving good Mm. feedback. The second one is compromise and then dependability or trust. So the first one is communication, and there's a lot of pieces to it, but it's one of the most important principles behind good collaboration, because to collaborate effectively, team members have to express themselves well to each other. Um, They need to be direct and, and and clear. They have to ensure that their tone and their body language support their messages. Body language tells a story for sure. Uh, You and I work on camera most of the day and we work remotely and we were remote long before it was cool. And so we're on camera and so we know how important body language is. But it's also important not to jump to conclusions based on someone's body language. You know, if I cross my arms across my chest, it could mean that I'm really firm in my opinion and I'm not going to let you talk me into anything. Or it could mean that I'm cold. So (laughs) we can't let body language be the only form of communication. The other part of communication that you have to consider is your tone, because tone doesn't translate well in an email. And so you have to make sure that you're being as direct and as clear as you possibly can, if that's the form of communication that you're using. Texting, too. Like, you can't just add a smiley face emoji at the end and make it all sound okay. Yes, because smiley faces emojis can sometimes read as sarcasm. So we have to be really careful how we use those. They're all great ways to collaborate with your team, but you just have to be careful that you're um, communicating well and that you're interpreting it well if you're on the receiving end. Communication ranges from providing clear instructions or defining the roles and responsibilities on your team. It's um, listening to all members of the team and asking for clarification when it's necessary. Because a lack of clarity leads to confusion. Repeat back what you heard. Ask questions that will draw out more information. A collaborative team member doesn't just sit back and feel okay with not understanding someone else's position. It involves asking some questions. But then the other big part of communication is listening. There is perhaps no greater sign of respect in our interactions with teammates than listening attentively. When we listen to others, we send all sorts of positive signals that reinforce this idea of collaboration. By just listening, we're saying, I care about you, I understand you, I value you. What you say is important. It means that you listen to understand and not just listen to reply. And that is a phrase that goes through my head, literally, sometimes, when I have to force myself to listen, because we've all done it. You know, I'm going to formulate my comments while you talk, because I have something to say about this. And so I'm going to be ready. But we have to listen to understand and not just listen to reply. 
And that means that sometimes there may be pauses or silence in the conversation because you wait until the person is done to formulate your response and you have to be okay with that. And we were actually in a meeting the other day where I made a comment to you about how some of the other team members were very quiet. And you said to me, well, and we need to be okay with that. We need to let them (laughs) think through. We need to let them process. Because it was something you and I had talked about and thought about for months, really. And we were just sharing it with this other team. And this was the first time they'd heard it. So we had to be okay with them taking some time to think about it. So you have to be okay sitting in the silence. Sometimes we're not. Well, sometimes even just communicating that, like, hey, we're going to talk about this. And I just want everybody to know it's okay if you need a a second or two to think before you talk. That's I'd like you to take that time. Right. So then it's not awkward for anybody. Right. Well, the next important piece of communication is feedback. The ability Mm -hmm. to give and receive feedback well is one of the keys to moving important priorities forward. We have to give feedback. We have to inform um, team members when a problem comes up. And when we provide constructive input, when we when we talk about, okay, this is my point of view, um, that helps move things forward. That's the kind of constructive, positive feedback they want. Rather than the feedback that says, well, I'm right and you were wrong. <laughs> because that doesn't encourage anybody to engage. It makes you defensive okay. immediately. So when we listen to input from our teammates, so when they're coming to us to give us feedback, if we listen with this sense of curiosity rather than defensiveness, we enable this more productive dialogue. So I think sometimes when you're giving feedback or when you're receiving it, you have to ask yourself, okay, do I want to be right or do I want to accomplish the goal? Right. Hopefully you want to accomplish the goal. Yeah, not not right. I don't want to be right. I think right. too, some well, of I want to be right, but you know, well, I always want to be right. That not, is true. Yeah. Not at the cost of something else though. Right. And I think sometimes listening to that feedback, sometimes you have to listen not only to the words that they're saying, but kind of the meaning behind it. Um, because not everybody knows how to give really gentle, constructive feedback. So sometimes their feedback may come across harsh and you need to hear, okay, there's some hurt there or there's there's some frustration there, not just the actual words they're saying. And that takes you back to that needing to clarify sometimes. If you receive from some feedback that fe- makes you feel kind of defensive or emotional, maybe you need to ask a couple of questions and just say, okay, tell me a little bit more about that. So, so it's the getting clarity so that you really understand the feedback that you're receiving. Now, honestly, sometimes feedback leads to the need for some good conflict management skills because effective team collaboration can result in conflicts, hopefully not very many. But if you have a strategy in place before the need arises, it can help you manage conflict a little better. And if you're a MOPS leader, we have some great conflict management and resolution tips on the leader site, and we'll include a link to that in our show notes. But that's another thing. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast, conflict yeah. management. We'll but, put that on the schedule. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to have a truly collaborative team, you have to have good communication, and that's going to help you manage conflict down the road. So that was the first element. That's communication. Lots of little pieces in there. But the next element of 
good collaboration is compromise. Because to move important priorities forward, team members simply have to be able to compromise with each other. And sometimes you will have to say, okay, let's let's save my idea for another time. It doesn't mean you give up on the things that you're passionate about. It just means something else might be a better path. I think the difference between compromise and collaboration is that compromise assumes one partner is going to give in. You know, I'm only going to get 30% of what I want. That's a compromise. Collaboration, on the other hand, assumes that you have the same goal in mind. And so you're working together towards that goal. So the win is not how much of my idea was used. The win is did we meet the goal? It's not. It's different paths to the same goal. And that that is your purpose is reaching right. the goal. So that's right. I think that's very that compromise is not a negative thing, not right. when you have a collaborative mindset on your team. So it's it's figuring out what is the goal and how can we get there in the best way. So it's communication and compromise. And then the last element that that I have is this dependability. Effective collaboration requires trust. And I can't trust you if I can't count on you to follow through on commitments and responsibilities. So each individual has to do their very best to live up to the, commu- the commitments that they make to their teammates. Now, along with that trust is the commitment as a team to assume the best about each other and to work to bring out the best in each other. That's what collaboration does. So if you have a teammate who doesn't follow through on their commitment, It's easy to kind of go to the negative place where, okay, well, they blew it for everybody. You know, look what they did. Where where when you're thinking the best, you're like, okay, let's figure out the reason that they couldn't follow through. And let's see how we can help them the next time. How can we make it better? So a collaborative team works to bring out the best in each other. It allows you to use your strengths and for me to use my strengths in order to reach this common goal. There's a a man, his name is Norman Scheidel, and he was an executive and an expert in communication. And he said this, a group becomes a team when each member is sure enough of himself and his contribution to praise the skills of others. That's the kind of team I want to be on, right? I want to be on the kind of team where individuals work hard and they seek to understand the perspectives and the strengths of their teammates because solutions are more productive and you can be more innovative and team relationships are really strong. That's where I want to serve. Now, collaboration, I think, is better for a team than competition. Sometimes a team can get a little competitive and competition is sometimes good and sometimes useful because it spurs us on and it can be fun for sure, but not at the expense of the team. Competition makes us faster but collaboration makes us better. Oh, that's good. It makes me, whenever we talk about teams, I often think of like a sports team and, you know, whether it's soccer or football or whatever, it can't be won by a single person doing everything by themselves. You know, they really do have to work as a team, but it also makes me picture the sidelines where the rest of the team is like cheering their teammate on. And so when we talk about bringing out the best, you know, you want, to be encouraging to your teammates. Um, You want to use that 
communication and that compromise and that trust um, to be a great team. Mm -hmm. And that's where you find the success in it. It also reminded me of this quote um, from somebody famous, not me, I do not remember who, who said, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. Um, and I think we can see that played out, um, not only even as a, um, a mom and maybe in our marriages, but also in our teams. Those are um, three great principles. And I kind of laugh that we say it's three because I think communication had four in it. In it, had some sub, it had some sub ones <laughs> underneath there. Points, right. How can we, as a leadership team, really become that collaborative team? Like we know what what it may mean to be collaborative. What about the how? Like, okay. how do we make that happen? Well, I think, I think, you know, you mentioned the sports team. I think that's a great example. There is no way that a football team can win a game without teammates. It's not a one person thing ever. But there are some things we do as part of a team that in our heads, we're like, okay, I could do this alone. And sometimes we go, I could do this better and faster if I just did it myself. <laughs> and sometimes that's true. Um, but it's that kind of team that, have to, that we have to be careful that we're really conscious about how can I collaborate the things that you could do by yourself, but they're going to be better if you collaborate. So you kind of have to force yourself. Now, over time, really good leadership teams um, collaborate naturally. They don't even really have to think about it much. But here are a few things. I have about four, about four that you can do to get started um, toward being a truly collaborative team. First is get to know each other, because if you understand each other's personal background and expertise and their strengths, then it becomes more natural to collaborate. You use you know, team building activities to help members collaborate from the start. And, and there are all kinds of like personality studies are good, but I also really like things that are more like strength studies. Strength finders is one. Um, just use some team building activities that force you to work together and help you get to know how other people work together well. Jen, this is something we we come up with a lot of ideas for team building. Do you have any, do you have a couple that you could think of? I, suggest? I absolutely love team building activities. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I think they are some of my, my passion is team building activities mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be like baby shower games, you know, although like I love a good baby shower play. game. I love I do, but I do know that there are people out there that are like, oh, do we have to play games? Because if we're going to play games, I'm not coming. I don't so I know there's people, but I know they're there. I get it. Um, what we're talking about is just like you said, activities designed to help you learn more about that person. And I love personality tests too, like the Enneagram or the DISC, but there's also ones more like the color quiz to help you see how do these people see the world or even five love languages, like how, how can I serve my teammate well? So those are designed to help you understand like how they communicate and interact, but games like would you rather or um, like the four, we call them like the four corners games where you have to choose things or even um, making up stories. You can learn a lot about people 
Um, are they the type of people that like to go to the beach or do they like to go to the mountains? Like even simple things like that help you learn more about people and open them up to more conversation. They can tell stories and you get to hear some of their history. So then when you get some of that feedback, like when we were talking about communication, you have a little better understanding about where they're coming from. I think understanding the personal background goes a long way in helping you work together as a team. If I understand what it was like for you on the first team you ever served on, it's going to help me understand how you're going to work better with the team you're on now. Just anything that will help you learn more about their background and their expertise. At MOPS, we went uh, rock climbing. Well, it was, you know, it was an indoor, wasn't, you know, mountains, right. but rock wall climbing. And Don't I like thought that mountains. was great. I stayed on my, I stayed on the really like super amateur side. Just, it was just a little harder than just climbing up a ladder. <laughs> so that's kind of where yeah. I stayed. I was really impressed with the ones who did the tougher, the tougher climbs, but but that really, we got to see how do you, you know, how do you solve, problem solve? And uh, we got to cheer each other on. It was a lot of fun. Okay. So the first thing was get to know each other. The second one is take time to discuss and define your purpose as a team. Clarify each person's roles and responsibilities within the team. Because that helps you support each other. And it gives you this really clear focus. This is our goal because remember collaboration is working together to meet a goal. And so you need to know what the goal is. This is another thing that on our leader site, if you're a MOPS leader, we have some really helpful tools for defining vision and keeping it in front of your team. And that's a really great place to start. Um, on our website, it's at leaders.mops.org slash four hyphen your hyphen team. And again, we'll put that in the, the show notes, but some great things that will help you define your vision uh, define your purpose, clarify, because now you know a little about it, a little bit about each other personally, then you move on. Okay, how can we work as a team and what is the goal we're aiming for? Okay, so number three is to reinforce those collaborative principles we talked about from the very beginning. So um, start out with a good method for communication. Start out welcoming and encouraging constructive feedback, understanding what compromise is, being dependable, you know, personally saying, I am going to be someone, I'm going to be dependable. And if I if I can't meet a deadline, I'm going to let people know that I can't. That's part of, being dependable doesn't mean that you meet every deadline. Things happen. But it does mean that you communicate when you can't. And then to bring out the best. For personally, for you to say, okay, my goal is to bring out the best in my teammates. So if you can focus on those things as a leader, then it becomes part of the team culture. So reinforce some of those principles. And then the last one is more practical. Implement some good communication and collaborative tools that allow your members to have everything they need to collaborate well. So something that will help you share files or send updates or communicate. Ask your team, what is the best way for us to communicate? Is it through an email string? Is it through GroupMe or WhatsApp or something like that? Um, at work, we use Microsoft Teams. We've used Slack. Um, there's a good project management software called Trello. It's pretty simple. I think there's a, there is a free version, and then there are also paid versions that can do more. But things like Dropbox or Skype or Google Docs, you know, just get together and brainstorm what is the best way that we can communicate together and collaborate well. Because 
you know, you're doing, you do work for mops things for sure as a mops leader um, at maybe weird times of the day. <laughs> and there are mops leaders doing stuff at midnight. We know because we watch social media and for our, for mops leaders and, you know, we'll have people posting things all hours of the day and night. So how can you set up a, a system that you can communicate well, even when you're not in the same room? It makes the right. time that you are in the same room together more effective. There are lots of avenues that you can use for that. So it is really important to define which ones you and your team will use. You know, it gets confusing if everybody's using something different or if you need to monitor 25 different ones like, OK, did they message me on Instagram or did they email me or did they text me? Like if I have to go hunting for how somebody communicated with me, it can take a lot of time. So, you know, really defining how we're going to communicate is is super helpful. Super helpful. Yeah. And be open to learning something new. You know, if you've never used Trello, well, be open to learning something new about it and and just see what see what will work for your team. There's a there are a lot of options out there, a lot of free options. But like you said, don't use them all. <laughs> That's exhausting. Just pick what works best for your team. Mm -hmm. Those are great. Those great um, foundation and expectations that we've talked through. And and really, that does bring a lot of clarity to this idea of collaboration and and really an important piece of teamwork. Um, I just want to review those four things you said. You said get to know each other, um, to define your purpose and your roles, to reinforce that we're a collaborative team from the start, and then to implement good communication tools. Those are excellent excellent points. Is there anything else that you want us to know about collaboration? So I just want to share this one story. We have a friend that when she first started on staff and with an organization, they did like this strength study for the whole team. And they were each assigned a word to kind of describe their team identity, how they worked within a team. And she was called a collaborator. That was the word. And she didn't like that at first. So when I asked her, what didn't you like about it? She said, because originally she thought it meant that she wasn't good at casting a vision herself or coming up with her own creative ideas. She was just good at helping others manage their ideas. But as she worked through it, she realized that that isn't what a collaborator does at all. A collaborator highly values other people and their opinions so much that they're willing to work to bring out the very best in order to meet the goal, no matter whose idea something was to begin with. So um, she is a very creative person. And so it doesn't mean that you don't have your own ideas or that you just work with other people's. It means that you value the other people on your team so much that you want to work to bring out the very best in order to meet the goal. So if I could encourage every leader to start with just one thing, I would say it's this idea. Remembering that everyone's idea has value and committing to believe the best and bring out the best in others. I think that is the first and best step towards a collaborative team. Oh, that is excellent and really encompasses um, that when you are assigning value 
to other people. You know, you're saying what you have to say, what you bring to the table is valuable. You're really acting out this year's theme of all for love. You know, it is very loving to treat somebody like that and to want right. to bring out the best. Of them. That is that is excellent. Well, thank you, Kelly. I just want to add that I really enjoy the way our team collaborates on projects um, mm -hmm. to bring resources to our leaders. I think um, this is this is a concept that we're I'm going to say we're learning well because we don't do it perfectly. We still um, have bumps along the way and leaders, your team will as well. But this is a great foundation and a great place to start. Um, I would encourage you to encourage the rest of your team to listen to this episode. This is a year of really big things, and we want to see comfort zones crumble. We want to see relationships grow. We want to see fear cast out and perspective shift. And all of this will happen when we start showing up all for love. So ready or not, here it comes.